Today we're concluding our series, The Perfect Storm, and next weekend we're taking a break from our series. We're having a one-week talk on vision, so I'll be speaking next week on vision. I'll do this several times throughout the year. Some of you, you're going to get fired up about the vision of People's Church for the first time. Some of you are going to get the fire reignited in your heart, so I'm really excited to communicate to you next week and about vision. Hey, you may have friends, family that say, hey, what about this People's Church? What, what, it's all, what is it all about? Tell them to be here next weekend as I communicate the vision of the church in a fresh way that will excite your heart. Well, today as we conclude the perfect storm, let me just back up a little bit. Some of you may have missed last weekend. Some of you may have been gone the previous two weekends. Uh, the key scripture for the series in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 24 through verse number 27. The scripture will not pop up on the screen, but let me explain to you what Jesus says. Jesus says in that portion of scripture, if you hear my words and you put them into practice, that you are building your house on the rock, and that when the storms come, that your foundation's on the rock, that your house will not fall. And he goes on to say that if you hear my words and you do not put them into practice, that you're building your house on the sand, and that when the storms come, the winds blow, your house will not be able to stand. We said over the last two weeks that storms are a part of life. You can't get away from storms. You look throughout history and storms are just a part of life. And America is experiencing a financial storm. You realize that gas prices are high and the, the, the food cost is rising. The housing market across America is unstable. The stock market is lackluster, not performing well. And we've said that all this is taking place at once. Housing, food stock market. It's all taking place at once and it's created what we've called the perfect storm. And here's what many Americans have, have realized. If their house, if their financial house has been built on the sand, many Americans are experiencing that their house is, is coming tumbling down because they don't have a firm foundation that's built on the rock of Jesus Christ. And what we did the first week of this series is we looked at sand principles. And we talked about how do you build an unstable foundation. And we covered that very clearly. And then last weekend, we looked at our first rock principle. It was a rock principle. And the first rock principle was contentment. And that didn't sound like a whole lot, but you need to hear that teaching. If you missed last weekend, you need to hear me unpack that uh, biblically. Get online this week, listen to the message, download it on your iPod, pick up a CD. But contentment is one of the rock principles in God's Word to set your financial future on the rock so when the storms come, your house will be able to stand. And what I want to do today is I want to give you a second rock principle. Listen, friends, if you will apply this biblical principle to your finances, it will, it will cause you to build your foundation on the rock. And when the storms come, and they will come again. You'll be able to stand. Look with me in this key scripture, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3 and verse number 5. If you've been in church any length of time, you probably know this scripture. But what we need to do today is apply this scripture to our lives, is to live it out. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Understand this. 
Our job is to trust God. God's job is to direct our paths. We get that flip-flop sometimes, but our job is not to direct our paths. Our job is to trust God. God's job is to direct our paths. Question, do you know the quickest way to get from point A to point B? Anybody know? A straight line. A straight line is the quickest way. And the scripture says that when you lean to your own understanding that God's not able to direct your paths. And you know what happens to to, to many people, and I've been there before, you've been there before, where you have been leaning to your own understanding. You haven't been trusting God and his principles. And you know what happens? We veer way off course. We get off the right path. You know what happens to people when they, when they lean on their own understanding? They go around in circles, man. They're going around in circles and, and, and all along God wants to direct their path. God wants to direct them right towards point A to point B, a straight line, but yet they're veering off because they're leaning on their own understanding. Friends, hear me today. I realize this, that no marriage gets messed up by trusting God and following his principles. You know how marriages get messed up? It's because people start leaning on their own understanding. And it takes them down a path they never thought they would go down. You know how people mess up their life? Nobody messes up their life by trusting God and following his principles. People mess up their life by leaning on their own understanding. And it takes them down a path they never thought they would go down. Do, do you know how people mess up their financial future? Nobody messes up their finances by trusting God and by following God's word. People mess up their financial life by leaning on their own understanding. And friend, God wants to bless you. God wants you to trust in him so that he can pour his blessings out on your life. Did you realize that? If you are trusting in the Lord, he'll direct your path. He will bless you. The scripture says it like this in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 20. Whoever gives heed to instruction, applies instruction, implies God's word, prospers. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Did you catch that? Blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. In other words, blessed is he who doesn't lean on his own understanding, but trust in God. And it's very interesting as you study God's Word. Since the very beginning of time, humanity has messed up their life by leaning on their own understanding. People have jacked up their life by, by trusting themselves and leaning on their own understanding instead of trusting in God. I mean, we go all the way back to Adam and Eve, the first man, the first woman that God created. And God created them and He put them in the Garden of Eden. And man, you and I can't hardly fathom this, but it was a perfect place. There was no sin. There was no sickness. I mean, it was a perfect place. And here's what God told Adam and Eve. Hey, enjoy it. Hey, Adam, man, name the animals. You guys enjoy it. Have fun. Have a blast. I mean, fellowship with me in the cool of the garden every single day. I mean, this is a perfect place. And God said, now, hey, guys, hey, Adam, hey, Eve, there's a tree in the middle of the garden. It's the divine portion. Don't touch it. It's not yours. You can eat everything else. You can have everything else. But don't you touch the tree in the middle of the garden. You see, God always, from, from, from the very beginning of time, God's always had a divine portion. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. It belongs to me. And you know what Adam and Eve started to do? Check this out. 
Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. The serpent, the enemy, the devil. Have you ever seen me do my snake illustration? I'll make a mean snake. The serpent was crafty, was sly, was slick, was cunning. And the scripture says, he said to the woman, did God really say, did God, I mean, did God really say? The devil always wants us to question what God says. Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? That the woman said to the serpent, we may not eat from the trees in the garden. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. That's the divine portion. God said, don't you touch it. Don't you eat from it. Leave it alone. She goes on to saying, God said, not only not eat from it, but he says, and you must not touch it or you will die. Hey, Adam and Eve, I never want you to live under a curse. I want you to live under my blessing. Adam and Eve, that's your choice. Choose blessing, not cursing. Adam, Eve, it's all yours, but the tree in the middle of the garden, do not touch it. It's a divine portion. If you mess with it, you'll die. You'll be under a curse. Verse 5 says this, For God knows that when when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you'll be like God. This is what the serpent said to the woman. He says, you'll surely not die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you'll be like God. That's one of the greatest temptations the devil offers us. You'll be like God. I mean, do your own thing. Direct your own path. Lean on God. You're smart. You got it figured out. I mean, why would you lean on God for your marriage? Do your own thing. Why would you lean on God for your finances? Do your own thing. Why would you lean lean on God for your life? Do your own. Make up. Be your own, God. Make up your own rules. And if you can't figure it out, watch Oprah. She'll tell you how to run your marriage, and she's never been married. Verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, that's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. God said, listen, there's a divine portion. And you know what Adam and Eve did? They leaned on their own understanding, and they took from what God said not to take from, and they ate it. And you know what? They messed up their lives, and they messed up ours. Because Adam and Eve leaned on their own understanding. Do you know what happened? It took us down a horrible path. And today, because Adam and Eve disobeyed God and did their own thing, it ushered sin into this world. It ushered sickness into this world. It ushered natural disasters into this world. It ushered death into this world. Because man and woman leaned on their own understanding and messed up their lives. You see, this has happened all throughout the Scriptures. You look at the book of Joshua, chapter 6 and chapter 7. 
where the children of Israel, let me give you a little history. They had been in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. God brings them out by his mighty hand. He brings them out of Egypt into the desert. And they're roaming around in the desert for 40 years because they disobeyed God. And disobeying God will take you in a circles. It'll take you on the wrong path. And so they waited 40 years. A generation died off. And now God's getting ready to take them into the promised land. The Bible calls it a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, it was a good land. The, 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 the crops and the fruit, they, they, they were fruitful. They were blessed. It was plentiful. I mean, and God was taking them into this plent, plentiful, spacious land. And here's the kicker. God says, hey, guys, when you get to Jericho, the first city, I want you to march around the walls for six days, once a day. On the seventh day, march around seven times. Shout, the walls will fall. But check this out, Israel. When you get inside of this city... The silver, the gold, the bronze, the iron, it's not yours. It belongs to me. Put it in the treasury of the Lord. God's always, always, he's always had a divine portion where he said, don't touch it. Don't keep it. Don't eat it. He says, listen, guys, when you get to the promised land, I want you to be blessed. I want you to enjoy everything else. But the city of Jericho, that silver, that gold, that bronze, that iron belongs to me. Don't touch it. Hey, Israel. Hey, Israel. It's your choice. Choose blessing. Choose curse. I want you to live in blessing, but it's your choice. And you know what happened? A guy named Aiken, some call him Aiken, he leaned on his own understanding and royally messed up his life. Check out what the scripture says in Joshua chapter 7, verse number 10. It says, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up, because Joshua was mourning and grieving because Israel wasn't being blessed. They were being defeated. He says, what are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have taken some of the divine portion. They have stolen. They're stealing from me. I said the silver, the gold, the bronze, the iron, it belongs to me, and they are stealing it. They have lied. They have put them, put, put them with their own possessions. They act like the silver and gold was theirs. And they put it with their own stuff. And they were planning on spending it and doing what they want with my portion. And verse 12 says, that is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. Wow. Because they had to take of the divine portion. They weren't able to stand against the enemy. The enemy was wearing them out. It said they turned their backs and run because... They have been made liable to destruction. In other words, because they've taken of the divine portion, the door has been opened for the enemy to attack. My hand of protection, my hand of blessing is not with Israel like it should be. Verse, check out verse 12, the end of this verse. It says, I will not be with you anymore. That's scary. That's scary to think that God's with you and he really isn't. It's scary to be God's people and God's blessing and protection is not on you like you think it is. Because you're taking of the divine portion. It says, unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. And you know what happens to Iken? It's so key for us to understand. Him and his entire family lost their entire life. They, they died. They went down a path they never thought they would go down. Because one man decided to lean on his own understanding. 
and not trust God. What I want you to see here is all throughout Scripture, humanity has messed up their life by leaning on their own understanding. And then we get over to Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. And here Israel is again. Instead of trusting God and following God, here they are messing up their life by leaning on their own understanding. And Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 6 says this, I, the Lord, do not change. Hey, Israel, I haven't changed my mind. There's a divine portion that belongs to me since the very beginning Israel you follow me you obey me you trust me I'll bless you I haven't changed my mind so you old descendants of Jacob are not destroyed verse 7 ever since the time of your forefathers you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them Israel you constantly have been leaning on your own understanding since the time of your forefathers you've done your own thing you made up your own rules and you paid the price for it. He goes on to say, return to me, and I will return to you. I wish I could have been there at that season of time with Israel, because I would imagine most of them said, God, what do you mean return to you and you'll return to us? We hadn't left, and God, we didn't know that you were gone. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Here God, God said, listen, return to me. God, we hadn't left with your people. And God said, listen, I'll return to you. God, we didn't know you left says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? God, what are we supposed to do? We need to pray more? We need to fast more? We need to, we need to love our enemies more? I mean, what's the deal, God? What do we need to do to return to you? Verse 8, will a man rob God? Will a man take of the divine portion, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you, God? I mean, have we went to the temple and stolen stuff? I mean, what's the deal, God? I mean, how are we robbing you? What, what, what's going on? God says, in tithes and offerings. God's always had a divine portion. And for you and I today, it's called, it's called the tithe. And God says, listen, 10%, some of you are, are new to, to church, and I'm so honored you're here and you're learning. And it really is one of my passions and, and a privilege as a pastor to take people who are brand new believers and see them grow and get their life because their life has been on a wrong path and see their life built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And you say, Pastor, what's a tithe? It, it's simply the word tenth. That's what a tithe is. 10% of our income belongs to the Lord. We don't spend it on ourselves. We don't do what we want to it. We return it to, to the Lord. And the Lord will, will bless us. He will honor us. It's, it's the divine portion. God's always had a divine portion. Now, the scripture also says offering. You say, Pastor, what is an offering? Well, an offering is what we give above the tithe. You're saying we can't offer to God what's already, what's already His. So when, when, we, when we give and we're not, we're not tithing, we're not even offering. An offering is above the tithe. The tithe belongs to God. It's holy. It belongs to him. So we return it. Matter of fact, Malachi says bring the tithe or, or return the tithe. We're not giving it. We're returning it. We're bringing it. It already belongs to God. An offering is what we give above the tithe. For example, Tiffany and I, the Lord has spoken to our heart about the crazy campaign. And we are giving above our tithe, and we believe we've heard from the Lord. And so we want to be obedient to give offerings to, uh, uh, regarding what the Lord has spoken to our hearts. The, the, the tithe, the, the divine portion. Listen to verse number 9. He says, Israel, you are under a curse. See, Pastor, unpack that. What does that mean? I think the best way to explain that is, Israel, you're not blessable. There's a place where I want to bless you. You'll be under my blessings. I, I, I will protect you. And then Israel, it's your choice. It's not my choice. You're choosing. And Israel, you can also choose to take of the divine portion. You can also choose to rob me. And then you'll be in a place where you're not blessable. And my hand's not with you. And my favor's not with you. And you're doing your own thing and being your own God. 
He says, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Verse 10 says, bring the whole tithe. And I get this question uh, frequently as a, as a pastor is, do I tithe on the gross or do I tithe on the net? Well, I'll let you pray about it and let the Lord lead you and decide. But for my family and I, we tithe on, on the gross. We, we, we always have. Uh, I would rather have a gross blessing than a net blessing. And, and, and to be honest, I'm just being honest with you. As your pastor, I really do fear God. I have, a, I, have a, I have a real fear of my Heavenly Father. He's, my, he's, 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 a, he's a loving Heavenly Father, uh, but He's also a just Heavenly Father. And the last thing that I want to do is play patty cake with God on a few dollars and take the, some of the tithe and call it a tithe. And it's really the net and not the gross. So for me, I just don't want to play with God. I want to mess with God. I want to honor Him with the whole tithe. He goes on to say this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That would be the local church where you worship. If this is not your church home, the tithe does not belong here. It belongs to where you worship, your church home where you're being fed spiritually. The tithe doesn't belong at an elementary school. It doesn't belong, it doesn't belong at, at a college. It doesn't belong in, in, in any other organization or parachurch ministry. It belongs to the local church where, where you worship. It goes on to say that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open. I love that. Throw open. In other words, Israel, check this out, Israel. Check this out, Israel. Because you're robbing me, because you've taken of the divine portion, the windows of heaven are closed. There are bars on the windows. Check it out, Israel. If you'll honor me, if you'll quit taking of the divine portion, I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll take the bars off the windows of heaven, and I will, notice what he says, notice what he says, open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it if you'll quit taking the divine portion. Here's the best way for me to illustrate this today. I've got cantaloupes here on the stage, and um, I, I like cantaloupes. I like fruit, and for illustration purpose, this cantaloupe represents money. How many of you would go for this if you go to work tomorrow and your boss says, we're no longer going to pay you money, we're going to pay you in cantaloupes? How many of you would be excited? I didn't have one taker. That's okay. That's, that's right. help, help me real quick. Let's, let's, let's see how many cantaloupes we got. Just help me count here. Everybody say one. How many we got? Two. Come on, it ain't everybody. Everybody say three. three. All right. How many we got here? Four. How many is that? How many of you want to see me juggle? How many of you want to see? That's a joke, folks. I can't juggle. But ten. Ten cantaloupes representing dollar bills. Ten cantaloupes. And God says one out of every ten belongs to me. Don't keep it. Don't, don't, don't touch it. Don't, don't eat it. It belongs to me. And I, as I said, I, I like fruit. Fruit's one of my favorite kind of, kind of, kinds of food. And I like to, like to eat fruit. And I think they're really good. And you know what people do? Is they get their paycheck, and, and this is the tithe. This is the tenth that belongs to God. It's the divine portion. You know what a lot of people do? Is they eat the tithe. Yeah, some of you went out to eat on it last night. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some of you driving around in it. Uh-huh. Some of you wearing the tithe. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hear me today. Do you know what happens when you try to play God and lean on your own understanding? You see, inside of the cantaloupe, is, it's awesome. Is, is there seed inside of the cantaloupe? You know what happens when you play God and you keep the tithe yourself? Is you throw away the seed. The seed never gets in God's hand. And it's a scary thing when you've got to bless your own self. <laughs> it's a scary thing when 
when a storm comes. You know, Lord, Captain Crunch is high. Lord, the gas prices are going up. Oh, Lord. And God said, you're not blessable. You wanted to run your own life. You wanted to do your own thing. And now you're in a jam and you're caught. You wanted to be God. And God says, listen, if you'll return the tithe to me, if you'll put the tithe in my hands, if you'll, if you'll not take of the divine portion, God, you know what God does? Is God takes the tithe, he takes the seed, and he pours it out in our life. And God blesses us when we, when we put the tithe in his hand. God takes the seed and he multiplies it. Not only does he bless the other nine, but he takes the seed and he multiplies it back. How many of you want me to say, God bless me so much, put it on my head right now? I'm, I'm not going And God, that's what he does. Now, now, he multiplies it back. But when you take the tithe and eat it, you throw away the seed and you've got to live your life and bless your own self. I want to give you two points as I close today. Number one is this. You return the tithe to God first. Can I tell you, I'm getting full. I've eaten three cantaloupes now. Amen. One more to go. (laughs) You return God's tithe first. Here's what I want you to understand. All God wants, here's the principle. All God wants is to be first in every area of of your life. He wants to be first. God wants to be first in your marriage. He wants to be first in your home. He wants to be first in your friendships. He wants to be first in your career. He wants to be first, excuse me, even in your finances. God wants to be first. God's always said, put me first. Here's the key. When it comes to returning the tithe to God, God doesn't just ask for one out of ten. That's not what he asked for. He doesn't ask for one out of ten. God asked for the first one out of ten. The first one. God says, put me first. Honor me for Listen, here's the principle. It's, it's the law of the tithe. It's the law of the first fruits. The law, law of the first. Honor me with the first, and I'll bless the rest. Honor me with the first, and I'll bless the other nine. You keep the ten yourself. You're under a curse. You do your own thing. You bless your own self. But if you honor me with the first, I'll bless the rest. Check this out. This is very key for you to catch this. This is very key. It's easy to overlook. Do you realize when Israel got to the promised land, got to Jericho, the walls fell? Do you know why God said, give me the silver, give me the gold, give me the bronze, give me the iron from Jericho? I want it from this particular city. Do you know why? Because it was the first city. God says, when you get to the very first city, I don't want you to go to city number 10 and then give me the silver and give me the gold. I don't want you to give me the leftovers. When you get to the very first city, you, it's devoted. It belongs to me. It's a divine portion. The first city is mine. Put it in the treasury of the Lord. It belongs to me. I'll bless the rest. You can keep everything else, but the first city belongs to me. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33. But seek first his kingdom. Put God first. Honor him with the first and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. God says, seek me first and I'll bless the rest. I just want to be first. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 9. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part. Or, or some translation calls it the first fruits. Give him the first part of all your income. And he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your wine vats with the finest wines. Listen, the blessing is on the first. Honor me with the first and I'll bless the rest. Can I tell you, it takes no faith to pay all of your bills and say, well, God, this is what I got left. And God says, listen, you want to know how you please me? You please me by walking in faith. You, it takes faith to say, God, I'm going to return the tithe to you first and I'm going to live on the rest and let you bless me. It's called the law of the first. Honor God with the first, and he'll bless the rest. There's a second thing that I want you to notice. Number two is this. Expect God to bless your life 
even during storms. Expect God to bless your life even during storms. And I think the best way for me to communicate this to you is through a powerful testimony of a man in our church who was leaning on his own understanding and was headed down a bad path. And he began to trust in God, and God began to turn things around. Check out this video. About four years ago, um, I was deep in debt, and I had credit card bills, I had taxes, I had car payments, uh, among many other things. And I think the turning point for me was just basically hitting rock bottom and realizing that, you know what, I, I have no money, you know, and there's, you know, uh, and realizing that, you know, what I've been doing obviously it's not working and I had to make a change and instead of trying to do it my way I figured I'd try to do do things and learn things differently and and that's when I came to the financial peace course and and uh, just basically learned how to do things God way so the first thing I started doing was tithing you know that was that was the number one thing I started doing was tithing first and then once I started doing that and then started learning a little bit more about budgeting, things just started to fall in line, you know, uh, and I can't explain it. I mean, I wasn't making any more money than I was. It was just that, you know, I was I, being a better steward and, and managing the money that I had better. It's, it's just a matter of, of realizing and understanding for me that uh, it's about obedience and, and being obedient I, the way that it was explained to me and the way that I understood it and what made me realize that tithing works is I was asked the question, you know, do you honestly believe that God is almighty and that he can do all things? And the answer to that was yes. And then the question was brought to me, well, if you really believe that, do you honestly think that God needs your little 10% that you're going to give as one small little person? And when I thought about it, it was like, no, it's he really doesn't need it. I mean, he's all-powerful and almighty. So it's, it wasn't about whether God needed it. It's about a, you obeying what God asks us to do and obeying him. And in doing that, you know, he, plour, he pours out blessings to you. Such an awesome testimony. And the thing that touches my heart the most is I know Damon personally. He goes to the community group that I attend. And uh, it's just great to hear, you know, when he was leaning on his own understanding. And some of you can identify with that today. Because you're leaning on your own understanding. And it's taking you down a financial path you thought you'd never be in. You find yourself in a rut and got more bills than income. And you find your life just upside down right now. And Damon started to honor God and put God first. And I, I believe in this. I believe in, in the whole council. So we talked to you about contentment last week. We talked to you about budgeting. We've talked to you about living within your means. Those are all very vital, vital kingdom biblical principles. But it starts with this. God, I'm going to put you first. Lord, I would rather give you one and you bless the nine. And I love what Damien said. He says, you know what? I didn't even get a raise. I wasn't making any more money. But when I began to honor God with the first, he began to bless the rest. You know, the great thing is Damon told our community group several months ago is he's paid off his credit card debt now. And Damon is a one year away from being completely debt free because he's invited God. He's invited God. He's invited God to bless his life. Hear my heart today. If you're a guest, I'm honored you're here. And if you're new to this church, I just want you to know this. 
and, and, and I, I say this every experience because I want you to know my heart. We're not trying to get your money. If you feel that way, I want you to keep your money. I am not a manipulator. I am not a con artist. Keep your money. I'll tell you what I do want for you. I want you to build your financial foundation on the rock. That's my desire. My wife and I can testify. We've been married over 10 years. And the Lord has blessed us because we've honored him and we put him first. And that's what I want. Listen, people's lives are headed down the wrong paths. And I want you to stop today and say, I'm stopping it. I'm stopping it. God, I've tried it my way. It's not working. And I want to begin to build my life on the rock. And I want to follow kingdom principles. And I want to invite God's blessing into my life and into my finances. And you know what, G, what, what Malachi says, what God says? He says, just test me. Just, you, you, you've leaned on your own understanding. Try me out. Test my ways. And just see if I will bless you. Lord, thanks for your word today. Lord, this is a, a difficult message for many that are struggling financially and thinking about giving you the tithe first.